Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. We are back with another episode of the Talk On Podcast and Liverpool scrape a 1-0 victory. First 1-0 victory, I think, in the last uh, 50 years. Not not a very typical <laughs> Liverpool win, but uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at it. Got Before we do that, quick word from our entire creative department, Cisco. Hey guys, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about our creative growth and uh, some of the new things we have coming up for football purists. Thanks, Francisco, for coming on. So we brought you on to help us you know, build this website, change the brand, and just make us more um, appealing to everyone who's listening or who follows us. Can you first off tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your background? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I uh, have been in professional sports my whole career. I started with Real Salt Lake uh, for a major league soccer, then worked for the Columbus crew, both in the marketing departments. Then I've worked for several brands uh, within the, his, the sports marketing departments. Uh, helping brands uh, utilize sports as an avenue to reach their target demographics. And for the past uh, few years, I've been a FIFA licensed agent, and I've represented players from uh, throughout the world and uh, helping them not only on their career side, but as well as their endorsements and uh, their their image and their marketing and their branding. Uh, so, you know, ever since I've joined Football Purists, it's been a very unique and, uh, and natural growth for me to be able to help our brand, Football Purists, to grow and to become something that we could be proud of. And I think that's where we are right now. Yeah, and you were just talking about branding. Can you tell us a little bit about the rebranding of Football Purists and just how gorgeous that new logo is? Yeah, guys, listen, I'm so excited. I, I, you know, I, Aside from being proud of our product and what we have out there uh, for our listeners and the people that read our website, I'm super excited and proud of the new logo. As uh, we all know, the old logo, the F and the P with the circle was uh, very... Uh, you know, neutral and, uh, and uh, you know, it didn't speak much to what we were. So what we wanted to do was to tell the story of who we are with the logo. And not just with the logo, as you guys have noticed and as our listeners have noticed, uh, the intro and you will notice the outro of this specific podcast um, and our website have changed. We now have a shop and, and we really want to become a very – we want to become cutting edge in the creative side of things. So let's talk about the logo. Um, so we wanted to take it from just a normal logo to a soccer-specific logo, a football-specific logo. And, uh, you know, we have several different elements that speak to that. Um, why don't I just start out with us talking about the shield? Uh, if you guys, uh, as you're listening to the podcast, if you can, go to our website and check out uh, our latest post that will explain this uh, in detail. But as you look at the shield, the shield is in form of a, of, of a coat of arms. And coat of arms are very... Uh, it's something very family-oriented and something that is carried with a family name. And we wanted to identify that as well with our brand. And we wanted to tell our story of who we are as a family, as a community. And that's why we selected the shield to start off. Uh, then we moved to the stars. Sorry, uh, we moved to the stars. And the stars uh, represent uh, three main things. Number one, our community. Uh, secondly, football and its purity of form. And number three, the channel, Football Purists, our blog, our website, and everything that we're putting forward together to allow our community to consume football in the most purest way. It's beautiful. It is just an absolute beauty. <laughs> Everyone, please go to the website. Check that out. It is absolutely lovely. I do see some other things on the logo, um, some supporters with flags on it that you uh, put in for us. What's the significance of the supporters right there? Yeah, listen, I, I wanted to involve the supporters into the logo, right? I mean, without supporters, football would cease to exist. And and so, so football fans are so unique to our sport. Um, you know, I, I can't name of another sport in where people take flags and chant and have a flag and, and scarves, etc. And And that's something very unique to our sport. And we wanted to represent that. We want to represent the community that we're trying to represent uh, and we're trying to reach to. And we wanted to cultivate that community through the supporters in the middle of the shield. Love it. Fantastic work. Really excited about what's um, upcoming on the website. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have added to the website? I guess for the listeners right now, no one is fully aware of what's going on with the rebrand of the website. I know we added a really cool store. I know it's a shameless plug, but I think this will help us out to be more successful and bring on more podcasts. 
let's start out with the shop. And sure, it may seem like a shameless plug, but reality is this will allow us to continue to stay afloat and continue to be cutting age in what we do and continue to grow, which is exactly what we want. Instead of asking for donations, we're, we're trying to create uh, something unique that our community can, can uh, represent themselves and can represent us and what in the movement that we have going on. We have several cool different products on the, on the website. Uh, first of all, a scarf. Football without scarves is nothing. Then we have a few snapback hats. We have a felt one that is uh, for all the millennial um, uh, you know, hipsters out there like myself. And then uh, we have a, a six-month <laughs> snapback that uh, is pretty cool as well. Then we have four different tees and two different colors. Um, you know, our, our main logo, which is beautiful, and it looks super cool in a T-shirt. And then we have some minimalists, and, a, and, and we also have a foosball, a three foosball players uh, that looks really cool. Uh, so that's as far as the shop. Again, you know, please go out there and support us by purchasing one of these products. Uh, a lot of the markup goes towards, you know, helping us continue to build these things and continue to become cutting edge in what we're trying to do. Uh, just note that right now we're in pre-order format. So everything you got coming in and everything you want to order, order it right now. We're taking orders up to the next few weeks, and then we're going to start shipping September 30th. Um, then, you know, the, the, when you go into the page, first things first is we have a pop-up, so don't get annoyed by it. Uh, this pop-up is pretty simple. If you have an iPhone, it allows you or it teaches you, if it explains to you how you could add us to your home screen. And uh, it, it looks similar to what an app is, and you just tap the app. Instead of having to search us on Safari, you just tap the app, and it automatically pull, pulls up our website. So as you pull up our website, that pop-up comes up. Once you're done it, exit it, and it will never come up again. And then our, more, our most recent posts will come up, and uh, you will see our podcasts, our, uh, our articles, and everything that we have going on there. Then we have the About page, of course. It explains a little bit more about football purists, about ourselves, about who we are, and who you know all the 20-plus contributors that we have on our team. And a lot of hardworking people deserve a lot of credit. Then uh, on the second tab is the podcast, the two main podcasts we have going on, Talk on Podcasts and Purely Arsenal, and direct links to the iTunes. And then, of course, contact page is necessary on every website, so everybody can go out and uh, ask us questions, uh, submit suggestions, uh, you know, even volunteer to speak in our next podcast. We would love to hear from you. Awesome. And then on the top left, I'm sorry, on the top left corner, another shameless plug, our three main social media uh, outlets. Please follow us. Make sure you're following us if you're not already. And, uh, yeah, we're super excited about the website. It looks really neat, and uh, I think that you guys are going to enjoy it as well. Thank you very much, Francisco. I mean, a lot of that is obviously due to you, and it looks great because of you. We got a Terreros and a Torrejon now on the team, so <laughs> it's nice that we can get these R's rolling here. Um, and everyone out there, thank you very much again for for listening and, and supporting. Obviously, it, it means a lot, and uh, really hope you enjoy uh, the new revamp and new rebrand that we're going through because um, we got a lot of guys working hard on it, and uh, I think it looks great. So, Francisco, thank you, and uh, let's go ahead and get back to the pod. And we're back with the Talk On podcast. On this episode, we are going to go ahead and review the Palace game, go back to front. Then we're going to go ahead and give our seat index ratings. And we'll go ahead and look forward to the Hoffenheim game at Anfield. Tonight with me, I have Ali G. Ali, what's going on? And let everyone know what we got uh, going on as well with the website. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, super excited. Thanks for having me on today. Um, so we, we are like, you just heard Cisco go over going through like a rebrand process. So we're excited for the new website, the launch of the website, some new art that we created, but just wanted to also let you guys know we're on a different channel now. So if you're listening to this podcast on the main channel that you subscribed to a while ago, go ahead and search football Pierce or talk on in the app store now and subscribe to the new channel because we're going to only be posting on the new channel after the month ends. Make it easier so you don't have to listen to any more Arsenal podcasts. So yep. that'll be all good. Shout out to Jacko, though, and the Purely Arsenal team. They do a great job over there. And then I also have Jeff Hallett with me tonight. Jeff, what's going on, man? All kinds of stuff. Good to be here. And I'm sitting here growing my beard to be more like Ali G. Might take a while. Might have to get some <laughs> Might be missing well some growth. To, to get like a- I, sh- I shaved today, but I'll catch up tomorrow. Ali grows a beard in like five minutes. Uh, and then also... <laughs> To wrap up the third California boy, we got Jimmy Torrejon, Jimbo. What's going on, brother? Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and I already have a beard, so, so that's good. Go. <laughs> beard crew. Yeah. Gents, before we get into it, uh, Coutinho 
has a really, really bad back injury, which is what's been keeping him out. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, it's not an excuse. Uh, he's hurting. He's hurting real bad. So has there ever been a time where you had to get out of a certain situation and you used an excuse? I want to know what that excuse was like the sort of most outlandish one, I guess you could think of. Jimbo, let's go to you first. Oh, I don't have an outlandish one. I literally bailed out of a um, uh, a panel interview for the next step in, uh, I think it was the city of Westminster Police. And I huh. just sent them an email saying that I was no longer interested. You're Coutinho. You handed in your transfer request via email. <laughs> like, yep, yep. I, I went you weren't there yet, but you're just like, no, I'm done later. I, I, I crushed the uh, physical portion of the test and uh, got flying colors and was invited. And I thought I had another job wrapped up, and I didn't get that one either. So <laughs> You are Coutinho. <laughs> That's what happened to me. <laughs> Jim, Jimbo Coutinho. All right, I love it. <laughs> See, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, what do you got, man? Well, I prefer to go with, I think the best excuse is no excuse. Get out of the situation where you would need one. Uh, and, of course, it applies best to people you don't want to see again or things you don't want to do, of course. Yeah, I've done that with you guys so, for a couple, I mean, all over a year now, I think. so. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we used to call it the South Bay Slip, which is just <laughs> to simply disappear before the excuse is needed. So, hey. There you Where's go. Jeff? Like an Irish goodbye, oh. is that what it's called, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Dally, what do you got, man? Um, I think, as, as you know, I don't know if everyone knows, I'm just super superstitious. Um, and when Liverpool was about to win the league, you know, the season 13-14, um, <laughs> it got to a point where everything I did, thought I thought it made it like a big difference to you how sit we in the same seats every week at the London pub. <laughs> you were like, no, 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 no. Last game, you were two seats over. Get over there. I was like, dude, holy <laughs> shit. And you were serious. So, yeah, I, I didn't go out for like three months because I didn't go out one game and we won really well and played well. So I stopped going out the night before games. <laughs> so uh, I don't really have an excuse. Funny part my is, excuse. is true. I, my excuse was I'm just superstitious. This is true. I thought you were going to say something about your cats because you can just use that all the time. God, I, I just don't want to become the cat guy online now. You are. No, no, it's past that cat. It's, Wait, it's, J- um, Joey, I'm sorry. Just to cut in real quick. Ali said he's superstitious. I have someone I know who... The f- he started dating a girl, and he said he was going to base his whether he was going to see her again or not, whether Liverpool won the next game or not, with her watching. So there's your excuse. If Liverpool would have lost, he's like, I'm out. Oh, that's great. Just like a coin flip, basically. Get him on the pod. These days. Um, <laughs> and we had our boy Brian Painter, who was at the Irish American this past week in New York for the Palace game, and he got some fan reactions. So let's go ahead and listen in to these fan reactions. This is Brian Painter with the Talk On Podcast, brought to you by thefootballpurist.com. It's Saturday morning in downtown Manhattan. I'm on the way to the Irish American to watch Liverpool take on Crystal Palace. This is Brian Painter with the Talk On Podcast. I'm outside the Irish American after Liverpool beat Crystal Palace 1-0. I'm joined by... Joe, Jersey City. Kenroy McDermott, Brooklyn, New York. Neg from Brooklyn. Initial match reaction. Uh, very happy. Wish there could have been more scoring. Couple of opportunities that could have been capitalized on better. But it's a win. That's what counts. And uh, really just sort of more the, the second half domination, we which did. we've seen, which has been like sort of, that's like almost like the the trademark of since Klopp has showed up yeah and it was which is the exact opposite of how it was under Rodgers where it's like get a lead in the first half and then just try and defend and good victory I enjoyed the win three points better than one or none so it was a it was a good day. Good day at the office. For good the boys. day. <laughs> <laughs> Klopp made five changes: Klavan, Milner, Sturridge, Robertson, and Gomez. How do you think he set up? Oh, the, um, bringing Sturridge in was I was kind of uh, kind of skeptical about We're it. We're always excited though when Sturridge <laughs> but, takes the field. But he he looks more confident right now. Like he comes on and he's confident. Like he he wants to get back on his scoring terms. He wants to contribute to the club which is good I like that Robertson had a 
He had a he little. Was great, he, he had one two off, but everybody has that. Everybody has that, but he hasn't. He had an amazing, amazing game. I, I enjoyed that. Clavin was solid at the back. Although Matip was getting rid of everything, <laughs> but Clavin was there. Matip looked really good today. He, they held Benteke in check. Yeah, they had the back pocket. He was always in the back pocket. They had him. Yeah, they it was brilliant. Him. Set up pretty well. I think he, the the reserves, the the backups, they're pretty good. You know, they can go on any team and they can start. And uh, you know, left back Robertson looks sharp. Yeah, he looked like he could deliver a ball from the wing. And and uh, you know, the Sturridge up front. Yeah. Come on, we, we love Sturridge. <laughs> Sturridge looked good on the ball, didn't he? He does. He looks sharp. He Always looks sharp. Looks sharp. He looks sharp. How, what do you think of Gomez at right back? It's not my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, my first choice. He doesn't attack as much, but, you know, he's solid in defense, and uh, he doesn't have a mistake in him. So, yeah. Overall, how was the performance? It was, it was a little flat. A little flat? Yeah, I don't think we had enough uh, creativity in the midfield again is lacking. Uh, the... The runs were there. They were just not doing the right things. They weren't taking advantage of Mane's pace and through balls. It was a long ball game, and it's not our style. Who's your man of the match? Mane. Mane. <laughs> Scores the goal after I just slacked him off. Yeah, no. Mane's man of the match. He, he's the one who scored the goal, and he was a difference maker. Salah looked good, too, when he came off, though. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, who do you start? Uh, we got Hoffenheim on yeah. Wednesday for yeah. Champions League uh, group stages. I don't think there was a lot of optimism about that <laughs> initially, but uh, I think it paid off. The, the focus right now really should be on Champions League, and I think that's what where the focus was. That's why there were these many su- substitutions or, or new players, and it's it looked dicey, but it worked out. It played out well. Uh, you know, Robertson looked. He looked great, didn't he? Looked he looked mustard. Good. Looked hungry. He wanted it. Sturridge was great. Yeah, he was. Like Sturridge was really pushing hard and like playing hard and in a way that you haven't seen quite so time, much yeah. in like three, four seasons. Who was uh, your who's your overall man of the match? Man, uh <laughs> Ultimately, it's, I mean, it's got to be Mane just because, you know, he scored the goal. But it, it is crazy just how, like, dominating in the second half. But then when Salah comes on, it just became that much more. Yeah, Bobby moved back to the middle, which is yeah, where he should be. I agree, Mane and, was and brilliant. I'm going to say Mane because he scored, but Firmino had a great game. He was getting back on defense. Oh, yeah. He was all over, just working so hard. And, you know, if he's, if he's bummed out about the whole Coutinho situation, <laughs> it's not showing. Who is your man of the match? Oh man, my man of the match gotta be Sadio. Sadio, <laughs> Sadio, man. I when, can't believe I can't believe nobody's given a shout for Robertson yet. Robertson, he was good, but Mane is your man. Mane, Mane came came out when we needed when we, he stepped up when we needed somebody. All right, so, so we got Hoffenheim on Tuesday. Champions League group stage is at stake. Give me a score prediction. Two one again. Two one again. Yeah. Liverpool. Liverpool. Two nil. Two nil. Oh man. I would say Liverpool 2-0. Liverpool 2-0. Yeah, we got to keep a clean sheet. We got to keep the clean sheet. Fantastic. Ken, thanks so much. This has been Brian Painter with the Talk On Podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Painter, as always. Appreciate it. And thank you to everyone at the Irish American. Moving on. Very un-Liverpool-like to get a 1-0 victory, Uh, especially against Palace. Yeah, Ben Teke missed a sitter, but Liverpool had their chances. They just couldn't convert. Uh, let's go ahead and just go from back to front. So, Ali, I'll start with you. Back five. Um, so, five changes. Um, I guess there was a debut for Robinson. He was phenomenal, in my opinion. I thought he did really well. Um, Clava came in to deal with, I guess, a second ball against Benteke because Matip dealt with Benteke. And I thought Clavin made Matip play better. Um, and Gomez came in, your boy, big Love big, big Joe, Joe. Gomez. <laughs> I think he was pretty not like he was hesitant to move forward. I don't know if that, that was his instruction from Klopp, but he played well. I thought he was just defensively stout. Um, I thought Milner tucked in for Robinson really well when Robinson was making all those runs up to get some beautiful crosses in. So I think that 
defensively, the team did really well. We didn't really concede too many chances from them, except for that Benteke miss. Um, but other than that, I thought the defense did pretty decently against the Crystal Palace side that we've had trouble with the last three times, um, exactly. even though they didn't have Zaha, even though they didn't have Zaha. So I think that's the reason why Klavan might have played. Um, but I'm happy Lovren was dropped. I'll yeah, Jimbo, what, are your, what were your impressions of Klavan that game? He did what he could do, honestly. Um, the, when, when he got blown past for that miss, Benteke, that, that Benteke chance that he missed, I think he was really smart as in he, he didn't foul him, uh, whereas Leverin probably would have tripped him three times and then wondered why there was a penalty given like he did at Hoffenheim. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I just think it was, it was, it was, a, I think, um, what Klopp did was he, he did the rotations he needed so he could rest up, but they ended up looking better. We got a clean sheet and it was against Crystal Palace that, you know, they defended off set pieces fairly well in the few opportunities that Crystal Palace did have. So I just think that, that it worked out for us. Again, very on Liverpool like the back five was looking strong. Andy Robertson had had a really really good debut. I thought uh, I, I don't know what you thought about his debut, but uh, both of our fullbacks I thought had a pretty solid game. Without a doubt, uh, for Joe that's been out for 23 months, that was the last time he's been on the pitch. So very capable in his first start back. To Ali's point, solid defensively, wasn't fastened forward as much. Robertson obviously the clearer star the surprise of the weekend uh, mostly most likely of the back four i think to make it into the starting 11 Wednesday night and you know his uh, couple stats i looked at there were two successful crosses out of 10 um but he created out of those and and the distribution three quote or two big chances uh versus a lot of left backs that will go an entire year maybe shake out one or zero. So lots of upside with the guy. And I don't know how that spells Milner come Wednesday night. So, you know, that was very, very interesting to see at home. Be interesting to see how he plays on the road. And then Mignolet, I, I think probably want to talk about his performance. I, I thought he was incrementally better from what we saw at in Germany versus Hoffenheim. So he looked a little bit more confident Caught a ball, you know, was a little bit. <laughs> he caught a ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just period, the end. <laughs> so, but he come off, come off his line, and it looked a little bit more confident doing it. It was a little bit more reminiscent of last, the end of last season, than say the beginning. So yeah. I thought that was that that was positive, and then you know his usual shot stopping ability showed a couple times. Yeah, I mean, and, and Migs is the, the goalkeeping situation. It's died down a little bit. Ali, I want to get to you in, in just a second about that. But before we get off Andy Robertson, I mean, just like you said, Jeff, he had, he had a really solid game. He had 134 touches, which is mm-hmm. crazy. And he had uh, three key passes. You know, 50% of our attack came down the left-hand side. It was it was different. It was very different. I, I'm not used to Liverpool crossing that nice. much, I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really different. Um, Joey, we had um, 22 crosses and 77% came from his side. So I think yeah. when he plays, we'll see the stats way that way. Yeah, as, oh, I mean, oh, as, guys, every, everyone here is getting on, on the Robertson train, and I get it. All right, He had a very successful debut. I just want to make sure that we don't get too high on him. Um, if I remember correctly, Moreno had a fantastic debut, too, with an amazing goal. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't be excited for Robertson. I'm just saying let's see how he does after a couple of games. Let's not put too much pressure on him, and hopefully he will continue on this trend. No, that's fine. I mean, those are very impressive. That's absolutely stats. fine with me. I mean, and and listen, Jimbo. I mean, I the, the thing with him is I don't think there's that high of expectations on him. To be honest, I I would have been happy with Albi starting again. That's a because I love Albi. I'm a little biased, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I really don't think that there are crazy high expectations for him right now. There might be a little bit more just because of the lack of transfers. So he's just one of, what, three transfers right now. So there might be a little more focus on him. But I still, especially with his price tag, I don't think there's a, a lot of weight on his shoulders. And, and just like you guys were saying, you know, he was, he was getting to really attacking positions. I'm just hoping that our midfield is going to be able to cover for him. Because if he won't be able to keep many games up like that, right? Like that's going to be one of his better games of the season probably because he was just – he had a great game. Um, but – he's going to be wanting to get forward a lot. And so I'm just hoping we got good cover for him because 
you know, Albie gets Slayton, but I think Robertson is going to get forward just as much like we've seen as, as Albie might. So uh, there's right. Be a lot I mean, of- Ollie did Ollie did mention it that that Milner was helping out, um, you know, tucking in behind him when when Robertson would go up, and at the same time we had Clavin in defense. While in other cases, other examples that we have with Moreno, we have Lovering there in the defense. So I mean, I just think that you know, he, the situation just worked out perfectly for Robertson. So. Great stats, great impressive debut. Let's just see how it continues, though. Uh, I want to get back to that keeper situation really quick because we we haven't brought it up, actually, since we've been talking uh, the past couple weeks. Ali, it's died down because it makes sense for Minule to start, and I completely understand that. I think I'm just a little anxious you know, wanting to see us in more competitions already because I want to see more of Karius. I'm still very um, bitter about, you know, him breaking his hand early on in the season and then not getting to see him at his best because we really didn't get to see much of him, so we didn't get a good run of games. There's still, you know, there's still a lot to see from him, I think, and it's just it feels like it's, it's becoming sort of stagnant. Like, I don't want to stunt his growth. We need to be hopefully stay in some of these competitions longer because he's playing mini lay a lot right now. Yeah. And I think even going one step further back, even like having Ward on our team still right now, I think right. not playing Carius and then having Ward behind Carius, I think it's just kind of stunting two yeah, good why players. Didn't he that I think back out to Huddersfield. They wanted him. I don't know. Huddersfield is so good. <laughs> <laughs> David Wagner. Um, I'm a David Wagner ultra over here. I actually, yeah, I hope they do well. <laughs> we should have just uh, sent all our loanies to to Huddersfield. But, yeah, I think we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Minule is Minule. I think with his feet, he's going to flap up the ball. I don't think he's gotten that much better uh, distribution-wise. I was watching City today against Everton, and I think Pickford just could ping a ball so well and find, like, Rooney on the run. Um, and it just creates a whole new dimension. And I, I think – having a keeper that can actually stop a ball and also have a distribution like him can really help us out. And I think Karius can be that, but his confidence has been just shot from the couple of games he had. So I don't know if there's a way back for him. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything to say about our goalkeeper situation right now? I mean, I would be anxious to see Karius as well, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you said, Joey, it's stagnant right now it, and it's working for us, but there's, there's nothing to look forward to, right? Which exactly. I think, which I think is 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 a problem because what's going to end up happening is that before we know it, like our goalkeeping situation is going to be like our left back situation was or is for such a long time. You would just we won't be finding that next solution, that next person who will actually take over that role and actually do a good job for us for many years to come. So, I'd like to see Carius. I'm like you. I was at the preseason match in which you know Carius broke his hand because Lovren got in his fucking way. So that. <laughs> I, I was really excited to see how he would have performed the season before, and I still want to see what, what can happen to him. Because I'm at that point right now where I believe in the players that Klopp recruits and wants. So he recruited for carries, he picked carries, we bought him, and we still haven't seen him because of unfortunate circumstances. Honestly, I think we're going to need the back line to be more solid, have more insulation before you start looking at rotation in keeper, at least in league matches, anything other than, say, domestic cups or maybe the occasional Champions League match. But, I mean, you have to have better defense, have the back line solidified before you start rotating, I think. Yeah, and it, it hampered us this year, everything that happened last year. I was really looking forward to when we bought him, uh, at least I know Ali and I thought he was going to be starting right away and he was the guy. And I was looking forward to having that last year be the year for him to just bet in and start growing. And now, like you know, we're saying right now, and Jimbo just said, it's it's just slowing down. Like there's there's nothing to look forward to right now because we know that he won't be playing. But if he got more minutes, which we hope he does, Jeff, like you're saying, you know, not I understand why he's not playing in Premier League matches right now and in the Hoffenheim matches right now. Um, but hopefully, in these other cup games, he gets some time because. I think he's sort of the type of keeper that he's aggressive. When, you know, we see him come off his line a lot. So are, there are going to be times when you can maybe get frustrated with him that he might make a, a little mistake. But I think his pros will greatly outweigh his cons, and I, I just want to see more of him. So hopefully, you know, in, in the coming months, we will be seeing some of him. Because like Ali, like you said, we got Ward on the bench now. So if, if one of these two don't go out on loan, 
I, I just don't see the need for that to happen. And it's kind of frustrating to see because if you send one out on loan and one of your goalkeepers gets hurt, then you can just recall the player. So um, anyways, let's move on, guys. Let's move on to the midfield. Uh, Genie, I, I got to bring up right away. Uh, he barely was on the ball. And when Genie doesn't play against the top four, it just seems like he's, like like Brundish puts it, he's like a ghost. So, Jeff, going right to you, how do you think our midfield did against Palace? Well, I've got a lot of the same thoughts about Wijnaldum, and I don't think it's top four, top four versus the rest of the table. I think it's this year he's had a pronounced slow start. He just looks different uh, without a functioning midfield with the, all the volatility in Coutinho and Lalana. He just doesn't look like he did last year. He's not holding the ball, uh, goes missing for most of the match. So very different player than what we raved about in 16-17. I hope he gets back to it, but we're not there yet. As for the rest of the midfield, did you, you know, Hendo, any, anything to say about him? Right. So Milner on the left side, I thought, put in a, a job done sort of day, like looks solid, both offensively, defensively, nothing really to be concerned with. And that shows valuable depth for Klopp. So that's what that's all about. Henderson looks classic Henderson in the first half of the year. Challenges them, of course, is can he stay fit for the full duration of the campaign? which is where I, why some of my thoughts about him, you know, maybe thinking about moving him on come from. But I like to see Henderson when he's as good as he is and playing fit. Uh, so I want to see more of it. Just love to see it for a full season. Yeah, Jimmy, what are your thoughts about Milner and midfield right now? Milner and Henderson were having a uh, contest to see who could pass backwards and sideways the most <laughs> in this match because they wanted to keep up their uh, pass percentage up. That's what they were doing. And you know what? It's kind of like what Jeff said. It, 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 job well done. It, you know, we majority of the possession was with Liverpool. We have a clean sheet. And um, there, there was no obvious mistake from the two of them. But there was also no creativity. Now, you know, Henderson will every once in a while will pop in those balls, right? And Which I enjoy. But since there's no one really working around him, because Genie, unfortunately, as you guys already mentioned, wasn't, like, Genie's whole game was was um, a good example of when he missed that opportunity he had in front of the goal before Mane scored. When the ball lands in front of him and he takes too many touches and you're just like, you get out of your seat because you think he's going to do something and then he doesn't. That's pretty much what his whole game was like and what it's been like for the past couple of games. So I just think that we were very, very fortunate that um, Liverpool came up against Crystal Palace, who didn't take their chances, didn't really put as much pressure, and the midfield they were just solid. So there was nothing there to be excited about or even to be upset about, which, again, it's, it's, it's just keeping the pace and not moving forward, which is bad. Yeah, Ali, we all know that our defense on set pieces is an issue, but something that we didn't expect to happen at the beginning or, you know, let's just say maybe a month ago would have been our midfield. We would have thought that that might have been one of the strongest points of our game along with the attack. But having Lalana, Coutinho, Genie, uh, the way he ended out the season, Emre, uh, Hendo, I mean, it's actually one of our weak points right now, in my opinion. What do you think? Uh, I totally agree with you. Um, the injuries have set us back. I thought Coutinho would be our star in the three, like push back into the three because of Salah. Um, Actually, I think Milner has been a pleasant surprise. Um, he came on, and I, I didn't really have high expectations for him, and I think he put in a really good shift. He ran the most out of anyone on our on our uh, team. He was helping Robertson on the left really, really well. They were getting along really well on that left side. I think he was just recycling the ball and doing his defensive dues really well. So I think he did his job. He's going to be a good squad player, but... Because we are, we are so injured, like you mentioned, it's it's going to hurt us in the long term. So Olana being out, Coutinho having his massive massive back injury. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I just you got to put heating pads <laughs> on those. You got to loosen it up. You know, get some acupuncture or something. I'm sure they're doing everything they can to help him out and make sure he can get back as soon as possible. Well, yeah, Ali, with with a complete fit midfield, uh, is Milner in there? He's not in there for me. Is he in but, there for you, uh, Jimmy, or Jeff? Depth, no. Definitely not starting 11. You know what? It depends. 
Jimmy, <laughs> it depends no on, on Henderson's doing. On it depends this. on Henderson on how Henderson's doing. Okay, I know I know that I know that most most of you would like to have Jean in there. Like if you don't, but but what Ali's saying is actually pretty accurate about what Milner did. You know, helping out Robinson and doing his defensive duties. I get the problem is that there was two defenders. I mean, two midfielders, Milner and Henderson, who were trying trying to do the defensive duties and so that's why there wasn't anything going on in the midfield it reminded me a lot of gerard don't and Lucas when they were back there. So. <laughs> I knew you were say that. sorry of course i mean ollie you know what i'm gonna say so i'm um, that's 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 just what it reminded me of and it's, I, it, it didn't work for me what i don't understand is what's going on with genie i can't put my finger on it I, I can't tell if he's tired if it's the midfield that's just not supporting him and his late runs I, I don't know what we could do with Genie to make this, him better. Yeah, this Genie's a tough one to figure out. What I think is that he does, in my opinion, a lot better against the top four teams because we're looking to play quicker. We're looking to counterattack because they're not going to be sitting back unless it's Man U. Uh, but <laughs> he just—I think he's more influential in those games because even in those games where he might have less touches than you know, four or five other players, maybe six players, the ones that he makes are incisive and, and like crucial to either recycling or a buildup play. And in my opinion, he's just, he was never a center midfielder. I mean, Klopp in the preseason played him in, in one of the deepest roles. Now I know we were injured a little bit and we got rid of Lucas, but just, I feel like he's just playing him in so many positions. So it's hard for him to really tie something down. And for, from as, as much as I knew about Jeannie before he came here in uh, from what was it PSV correct and uh, he played up top or on the wing for them a lot of the time and then as a, as a number ten so I think because he moved into a different position and he had been doing so well last year when we didn't expect it maybe we have really high expectations of him right now but there is something definitely going on right now Ali like you said I don't know if he's tired or he's just it's not his style of play when we come up against so-called weaker teams I you know I I don't know it's it's something I hope that he gets figured out maybe now with the injuries especially to Lalana and Coutinho maybe we can get him playing in in a more advanced role I I don't know but like you do for Newcastle yeah just it it doesn't even have to be on the wing it it can be just the the furthest in in a three in the midfield I don't know what it is but he he needs to be I think in front of goal more versus sitting deeper as of right now but Again, yeah, like like we all have been saying, he's just he's a he's a tough one to figure out. So let's go ahead and move along and, and get to the attack. Uh, Jeff, anything to say about uh, our Brazilian wonder up top? <laughs> that he shouldn't be playing on the left. That's I'm sure everybody's unanimous vote. Yeah, but, I think how many uh, times have we talked about how unaffected? Not, it's not that he's unaffected because he's good wherever he plays, but just how much of a difference it is when he plays, uh, you know, up top in the center versus out on one of the wings. Yeah, because two beautiful shots from the edge of the penalty area. Uh, Great shots, but you'd like to see it at closer range. And his creativity feeding to his teammates, especially when when Mane and Salah are on the same pitch at the same time. Yeah, we just didn't get that, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, it was kind of a ho-hum day for for Firmino. It's what goes with every time he shows up on the left. I thought Sturridge was a welcome addition it was good to see him he was making moves off the ball yes he didn't you know it's unfortunate he didn't hit the back of the net but i think that had more to do with the wing play than anything else i thought i mean danny's making runs so that's i think that's good and he's in the he was in the starting 11 we're gonna need him all year long so it was really really good to see that for me and then of course you've got mane uh brilliant touch unquestionably our best player on the pitch runs for days runs with pace off the injury which just still blows me away so uh lots of love about the attack and it was a rest day so i'm glad that salah at least got a decent amount of rest <laughs> ended up playing the last 20 minutes or so but yeah especially with the big game coming up we need we need him fit and firing uh you got it jimbo mane 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 i just he's stepping up when we first got him i remember we were saying he immediately looks like he kind he wants to be the guy, you know. And I think this season he's already shown it. He, I, I think maybe he believes right now that he's the best player on the team, and he is really just has a lot of confidence right now. 
Do any of you guys know exactly what Mane's injury was? Because I believe that it was a meniscus tear. Uh, I don't think there was an actual tear, was there? I was just wondering because, you know, um, ha- having my, uh, a meniscus tear of my own where they repaired it, like you, and, and watching it also in other sports, players tend to come back fairly quickly. But I'm not, not to take away from Mane the way he has responded to the injury. But you're right, uh, Joey, what you said. I think this whole Coutinho fiasco has been a blessing in disguise for Mane where he feels like if he puts in the work now, he can be recognized as the best player, the the best player that Liverpool has, the one who always gives everything he has, the one who doesn't give up. Uh, and I love how he always, when he scores at Anfield, always go to, goes towards the main stand. He's always like pointing up there to the fans. That's something that I really, really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I, I think for him in this game, even though he was putting in his most effort, there, there was maybe a slight disconnect with Sturridge. I think Sturridge needs to build that chemistry with his teammates because Mane is used to having Firmino right there in, in, in the center. And the thing about Firmino for me is he might not have the acceleration, but he does have the pace. And then he has the football mind that Mane has gotten used to. So I think for if Sturridge continues to be unhealthy for the rest of the season, knock on wood, I think once they, they build that chemistry, it will be good for them. I just can't. It's really difficult for me to see Sturridge being in there for the long term, honestly, because if you have Salah and you have Mane, your go-to guy has to be Firmino there because you can depend on Firmino most of the time to stay injury-free and to cause, and to build a good um, understanding with his, with his wingers because the pass that he gave to Milner um, against Hoffenheim midweek is, is an example of what, what – Firmino can do with two people running in front of him. Now, of course, Milner's not the paciest of people, but that that's the type of pass you can put in to Mane and, and Salah. So I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, and I think most of us agree that Sturridge isn't the starter right now, but Ali, that's something that's so great to have is Sturridge on the bench. And I actually think this was the right game to start him. You know, a game against Stoke, a game where you're looking for just maybe one, two goals to hopefully wrap it up and just you you want that finisher on the pitch. I, I think this was the perfect game to introduce him as a starter, especially with the Hoffenheim game coming up. Um, yeah, against Crystal Palace. I think you said Stoke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all yeah, good, yeah, all yeah, good. Palace. All the same shit. <laughs> um, I think he looks like he's still playing at like 70% of what he can do. It still looks like he's scared to go full speed. I don't think he'll be able to come back, though. He, it, I don't know. It's just so mental for him at this point yeah. because of all the injuries. Um, I, I still think he's going to be used a lot this season, a lot more than we think he is. Um, so it's good that he got a, a couple minutes. It's kind of still his preseason because he dropped out of uh, preseason a little early, even though he was having mm-hmm. a good one. So I still see this as his mini preseason to get back fully fit. Um, but I think we're going to use him a lot this season. Um, and going off of what Jimmy was saying with Mane, it was a meniscus tear. I just didn't want to. Was it a tear? You. Okay, yeah. I just saw like yeah. damage. I was looking at an article too, and I just said it said damage. I just didn't know if it was. But yeah, that yeah. was a crazy fast recovery. Meniscus tear could go either way. It could really hurt you with one step of like speed, like we saw with Torres. He had a meniscus mm-hmm. tear. With Mane, it looks like he got better and faster. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on with Voodoo shit. Everyone he's was doing, freaking out because he had a little setback too, and then he just comes back on fire. Dude, he. I think he's going to take another step forward. I think he's going to be our best player this season. I, I'm absolutely, absolutely in love with this guy. He's he's a goat. He's he's the best thing I've ever seen on the pitch. He was <laughs> he was incredible. Um, and then even Salah coming on for a couple minutes at the end, it really made a difference. He was just he just took the ball and said, "Okay, I'll have this," and went down the line, beat like three people. He was the reason why um, Crystal Palace was in shambles when he took the ball down, crossed the mm-hmm. ball over to the other side. Um, I think Solanke. Big um, Dom, come on, big what Dom, big, big Dom, big Dom. Yeah, Big Dom took a nice little um, step towards the defender, ricocheted off his leg, and Mane was in. But I think Dom for 19 minutes, <laughs> he was really good. He went um, in the penalty box. He had four touches. I think the highest in the game was Mane at 11. Firmino had six, so he already had four touches in the box coming in for 19 minutes. So can and we talk about one, him was right it, now what? then? Because because I mean he is now starting over Rigi, Jeff. Um, I mean, it, I mean not starting over him, but he's he's obviously taken his place probably as our what third striker right now. I mean, what does that say? Sure. It's a dream scenario for me. I think I was predicting an Origi loan at the end of last season. And I think, I mean, who knows, 
God willing, we might be headed there because, yeah, he's completely overtaken his choice in the pecking order. And, yeah, to your point, Allie, like the dude had an impact within seconds. So that that assist went down. He was in the game for barely a minute. So that's the effect he has in such a short amount of time. And, you know, it's, it reminds you a lot of storage, you know, his impact on a game when he comes in. Interesting stat uh, talking about Mane, and this is borrowed from Ali with the great beard. Uh, with or without sort of the win above replacement stat, which we don't really have in football, but looking at the points per week, per game, with or without players, Mane is like dramatic. It's 2.17 points per game with Mane, 1.58 without. Yeah, that's crazy. Coutinho, 1.8 with. 1.88 without more <laughs> 1.85 for Lana 1.75 without. So like kind of shocking. Uh, you th- value Coutinho so high. Mane's the real celebrity here. Yeah. Lo- and lo- just shout out to uh, Brundish. Those are his stats on, on Twitter. Not mine. Um, I'm sure. Does he have a beard too? I'm sure he does. <laughs> Jimbo. I, again, I, I don't dislike a Rigi. I just, like I've been saying for a while now, I just don't see him as a true number nine. And that's the difference with Solanke with me. I, I think Origi plays better on the wing, on the left wing. Personally, I think he likes to take a man on and, and cut in a lot. And we've seen some of his nice curled fucking finesse aways right into the um, <laughs> yeah. right into the corner. So um, the difference, though, with me is is Big Dom looks like a true number nine, a striker. He's, he seems to have it all. Well, it seems as though Dom is everything we were hoping or Klopp was hoping Origi could turn into. And he's Klopp hasn't even had that much time to work with Dom. I agree with everything you guys are saying. As soon as he came on, I felt as though there was penetration inside the box, which led to that Monday goal. And we would get that from Origi when he was on form, which was before his injury. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing... Can we afford to let Origi go? Because at this point, if we can get 10, 15 million pounds for him, I would take it. Really? You would take 15? That's it? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Let's go. Let's go with 25. I'm sorry. Thank you, Joey. I feel like he's <laughs> got to go for market. at least 25 in yeah. this market. He's still, you're, I mean, you're listen, he's, he's still you're a very good right. player. He, he's still we, a don't good let, player. Yeah, we don't let Jimmy negotiate the deals. Well, I mean, if we negotiate the <laughs> deals, we might actually get something done. So, Oh, there it is. Shut on that up. note, we got to take it into the seat index, gentlemen. Um, I need a positive seat index, something that got you out of your seat this week, and a negative one that got you slouching back. Jeffrey, what do you got? It was kind of a toss-up. Uh, all you know, it was between Barcelona declaring defeat on Coutinho, so that was really I was out of my seat. Went in the had a little parade about that, but I'm going to have to go with Robertson's performance. Uh, the surprise, the weekend, so much future, good future uh, as Liverpool left back for him. So that clearly out of my seat for the number of chances he created, the crosses coming in, the crosses that came from a left foot. Yeah, pretty amazing. Left-footed left back who crossed yeah, on his left foot uh, on the, the left touch line. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, totally. And then my negative was Klopp's reaction to Mane after the goal. So Mane goes <laughs> <Yeah>. in <laughs> for the, the jumping hug, and Klopp is Klopp's stoic, like, and he knows what happened when they did that at Arsenal. So he's like, uh-uh. Yeah, he, he just was like, like shoves the, him off of him. Was yeah, so yeah, fun. it was tough love, serious Klopp. Yeah, that was uh, that was. And then Mane's for... like, oh, shit, what do I do? And he just like in another little hop. It was pretty funny. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I thought Klopp was for sure going to like give me a huge hug right there. Oh, uh, that was pretty funny, actually. Yeah, uh, Jimbo, laugh, what do you man. got, man? Let's see. I think what got me out of my seat was when Robertson took that shot, took that chance. Well, didn't take it. Shot at the goal towards the end of the game, and that almost went in. Had a great save. I believe it's Hennessy, right? Yes. Uh, Crystal Palace's keeper who had to just to to stop it. So that I honestly thought that had a chance of going in. And uh, what really brought me down was Matip as you guys have talked about many, many times, just missing the open net. Oh, and it's, it's very unfortunate. Go. Yeah, because at the time of the game that that was happening, you, you, we really needed something, and that goal could have really sprung. I think if that goal had gone in, Liverpool could have gone on to blow him out. But, so that was a total bummer. 
Uh, I declare that, Jimmy, you now need to go back and watch all footage of Matip, however many hours it takes, and we need all the missed chances that he has. He needs to be more brave, <laughs> that chance. He just needs to be brave right isn't now. That, isn't that I what mean, it is? Like Sometimes on some of his tackles, too, it just seems like he doesn't want to throw his full body at it. It just seems like he's a little scared. It's so little. Yeah. Like, weird. He's so <laughs> big, too, yeah. though. And, like, uh, well, that's why. That, that's why it was a total bummer. <laughs> Because <laughs> you expected something great there. He's either been hitting the post, hitting the, hitting the bar, or missing completely at an open net. Yeah, I mean, it's we've been talking about it, especially Jeff and I, I don't know for how long now, uh, just how many chances that he, he's been missing that should be bang on goals. Um, so pretty frustrating. I agree with you. Ali, what do you got? So for my – I have two good ones. Can I do two really fast? I have to. I have to do two. Um, Benteke missing the shot in the opener. Damn it, you um, both are taking it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was too good. That got me out of my seat. So happy. No handshakes. Um, and Klopp's impactful subs for the for the first time. I feel like ever. Subs. I feel like we always slate him for his substitutions. This time, got it. I feel like we can all be happy for him. But I feel less uh, those because we actually have choices now, Ollie. We didn't before. We did before. I don't think he trusted them as okay. much as he trusts the new people. Although my positive now is that we didn't concede from a set piece. So anytime Boom. we don't do that, that's usually my positive, I would think. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Luck or skill, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, i got to think of a negative on the spot. Uh, negative is just... I I just didn't expect this from Coutinho. I I don't know. I I just I really didn't expect him to behave like this. I don't even care if it's Barcelona getting into his head, giving him bad information. He just I guess it's the ones that you never expect that'll throw you off like that, but I mean th- this one's just it's it's uh it's a little disheartening actually. I was like, "Oh man, one of one of the players that I loved the most and now I just like I'm just losing like basically all my feelings." towards how much i love the little magician it's just so never fall in love with a player that's so true i mean it's impossible not to in love with a player and fall in love with players though i mean it's it's not i've been super i've been super guarded since i started um i love torres the first shirt i buy with a name on it it was I think it was November of, and then he left the next the next month, which was December. So like twenty days later, like, and after that, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fall in love completely in love with a player, and I'm never going to buy a player uh, a shirt with a player's name on it unless it's someone like Gerard, because you just you can't, you can't, it's impossible. And then they completely destroy you, which Torres did. So yeah, that's ever since that. then, I've had I've had a hardened heart for the past however long that was. I think it's coming up eight years now. So. Shout out Damn. to Luna for buying a, a Coutinho shirt yeah. last, last month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all, all, all jokes aside, there is an upside to this, right? Suarez, when he went through all of this, and you know he was arguably just as bad in his situation. You know the timing's a little different, but he still he played, went through though. his. He never well, refused he, to play. Well, mm-hmm. he he went through his hero's journey, but came back and delivered an amazing season. So I'm thinking that there's still some of that left in Coutinho, World Cup year, quality of player. Uh, if he wants to get back in the cop, uh, who knows what could happen? And if Coutinho, he comes back better than Coutinho. than we had hoped, then that means you know challenger for the league, especially if we get someone on the back line. Coutinho doesn't have the drive that Suarez. Yes, does. it's it's completely different. I think there might, Jeff. I want to agree with you. Like I, I want to. I know I'm always pessimistic, and I and I want mm-hmm. to be optimistic, but <laughs> I just don't think that Coutinho has the same mindset that Suarez does. Suarez never refuses to play. Suarez would do anything to get in between the white lines and just get a game in. Like it could be anytime, anywhere. He's just a different, a completely different mindset, and I, and it's weird because you know. Klopp made Coutinho uh, captain when when Hendo and and um, Milner aren't captain. It's it's a lot of the time it is um, especially now with Lucas gone. It's Coutinho now. Uh, so it's just weird that he's acting like this. You know, if, if Brazil sees leadership qualities and apparently so did Klopp, you don't want to see this from someone like that. And and <laughs> again, you know. Not even fall in love with the players. Like I, I love Bobby more than I did Coutinho. And I've even said that for a while now, even before any of this happened. So, 
Um, right. It's just this. I think it's just the fact that I never would have expected this from Phil. Like we all knew he wanted to leave. You know, we all again we keep saying it like the heir to Iniesta. We all know it's going to happen. But I just didn't think it would ever go down like this. It's kind of making me re- like start to dislike the player, which you know, whereas before, you know, we all loved him. Um, let's go ahead and move on. We got a huge game coming up. Huge, huge game coming up against Hoffenheim. Uh, obviously, great to come back with a win, two away goals, huge and crucial goals. Um, Wagner looking dangerous, missed a, a really big chance against us uh, on that rebound. Uh, from the initial shot, that was actually a pretty good save by Miggs. Um, Ali, we're at Anfield. We got two away goals. Do you see this going any other way but us come out on top? Oh, man. My super, like, stitious out of me is saying don't answer this question. But, yes, we're going to win. We're going to be in Champions League. We're going to sign everyone we wanted to sign at the beginning of the season. We're going to fight for the league, and we're going to be good. Do you think that had anything to do with it, Ali? Like maybe even Van Dyke right now? I mean, it's clear. You would think not because from everything we've heard, from all that's been reported, is that he only wants Liverpool. But we thought for a while now that maybe some of the signings, the, the qualifiers, were maybe a bit of a bugaboo. I think it has a big thing to do with it. Do with it. I don't know, like what kind of payment structures or different structures are going into their. Um, wages and what they do where they play that that could be a big thing you saw what was leaked i think liverpool leaked the <laughs> the bid from barcelona for um for coutinho it said like must win cl yeah, must yeah. be ballon d'or must like wait for everton to win the champions league to get like all the money back so i feel like champions league does have something to do with the negotiations yeah and there was like Forty million of that was 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 priced out like that. It was, it was funny. Um, and like, oh, you have an ultimatum. Like, they're they're losing it over there at Barcelona now. It's without uh, it's, a doubt. And especially now with Neymar just tearing up the dare I say it terrible French league, but he's still just dominating. He had some ridiculous goal the other day. Um, well, but, he he and Iniesta breaking ranks against the club. Messi reportedly unsettled. I mean, it is not a good place in Barcelona right now. Yeah, very interesting to see what happens. Uh, hopefully, we get Suarez back in the next ten days, nine days. What is it? <laughs> so we'll see. But but, going back to Hoffenheim, yeah. I say we're gonna win this. We're gonna we're gonna close it out, and it's gonna be fine. I think we're both gonna press. It's gonna be the same exact thing as we saw at Hoffenheim, but we're at Anfield. It's gonna be a little better for us attacking wise. Um, I don't see. I do see them as a big threat still. The way they press still can hurt us, but I think I think the only way they'll score is probably set pieces again. Yeah, Jimbo. I know it was away from home last game, but they controlled a lot of the possession, which isn't very Liverpool-like at all. Um, I think it was one of the lower possessions Liverpool's had in, in quite a while. Um, so being at Anfield, you just don't expect that this time around. I wonder if some of the players from this past weekend will get some sort of consideration because of the because of the uh, shutout, because of the clean sheet. You have to wonder if if there will be some changes from last week's team. I would hope that Liverpool have a majority of possession, or at least it's a little bit more even. I think. Didn't Hoffenheim have like 70, 60, 70 percent? So it was high, yeah. Yeah, but as everyone said, possession doesn't win you matches and goals do, which Liverpool did end up getting. But I think it's a very dangerous game to play at home. I could because Hoffenheim could have very easily been up one nil because of the penalty, right? And they could have had a couple of more chances to extend their lead to to have a couple, maybe two or three goals. So. I would hope that Klopp is considering some of the players from this past weekend. Yeah, Jeff, do you make any changes to the side? That, that's the side that played against Hoffenheim last week. Yeah, I mean, personally, Moreno out, Robertson in for me. Uh, Alexander-Arnold will take over right back, and I, I think everything else remains about the same. I just would love to see Robertson in that game. I figure with this short of notice and, you know, the player needs to kind of earn his stripes through. I just don't know how you would spell Moreno over him, given Moreno's defensive fail days. Ali, do you, do you leave, 
do you bring Emre back in? What what is this this lineup looking like you compared to the lineup that played at Hoffenheim? I think I keep it the same as um, we played at Hoffenheim. Use Klavan instead. Robertson, I think because of how well he played, I think they'll try him again. Um, personally, I, I don't know. I just don't know because we played kind of a deflated Crystal Palace side who already had lost the game and didn't have like their Zaha. So I, I just don't know. Hoffenheim's a whole new beast. Yeah, I think I think Moreno with Klavan will be better than Moreno with Lovren. So I think. It's just, I don't know, it's a toss-up between Robertson and uh, Moreno. Yeah, that makes sense, and you can tell because Klopp Klopp doesn't trust Moreno right now, and not to say that he trusts Andy, but especially because he had Milner covering for him a lot of the time, but I think he just knows that his fullback options right now, left fullback options, are pretty much strictly attacking unless he puts Milner back there, which he says you know pretty much he's not going to be doing. Um potentially for the rest of the season because he said now that he's a midfield player. So I'm, I'm hoping that we keep pretty much the same lineup. I would substitute Klavan even though, I mean, we, we all see when Klavan gets a run of games. I mean, he he, he is a player. He's a, a five million, you know, pound player from Augsburg. That's that's what he is, right? But that that's saying a lot when we want to choose him over our 20 million uh, center back from Southampton just kind of where we're at with that so joey you saw him get smoked uh olayed on the left side by loftus cheek yeah yeah that was bad yeah i was about to ask that joey would you rather have milner in from the weekend or would you rather have clavon in for the weekend considering how well robertson played with with kind of those two in in the squad with him yeah i i would rather have clavon in just to get lovren out personally and and I also think <laughs> you're unrepentant. I just Clavon. The the one thing that I I really love about Clavon is that he's a smart player. He's a very smart player. He's not as athletic, obviously, as Lovren. He's not as aggressive, but he he's a step ahead of Lovren in between the ears. And so he just, for me, I think going into this game with two away goals, trying not to make as many mistakes as possible. I would probably choose Klavan um, if we if that if that was the the decision with with Lover. I mean, I, for this game, I would choose Klavan with Robertson. Probably, I, I would like to go with that. Um, and if that means that Milner has to play midfield to cover for uh, Milner has to play midfield to cover for the left back when he moves forward, then so be it. Um, but I would like Emre to come back in. I just I want to keep seeing Emre in that deep role. So. We'll see, but uh, gentlemen, it's it's another big game. It's another crucial game, and it's it's going to decide a, a lot of our happiness moving forward. I think uh, in the next <laughs> couple months, so it, it is it's huge, and hopefully, work will be putting the TV on tomorrow. So, uh, gents, before we get out of here, I'd like to get some score predictions for you, Ali. Score prediction: two one Liverpool, Jeff. I was gonna go three one. Three one. We're gonna okay. we're gonna concede a goal. That will happen, but I, I think we get three goals. And Mane I think scoring Mane. all four. <laughs> yeah, but Mane, I, I see Mane and Salah as active in this one, and I would love to see Solanke in the second half nail one in the back. Jimbo, I gotta go with two one as well. Two one. All right, I, I got three two. I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch. I think we're gonna ship a couple oh. for sure. Oh, if they score two. That's just, ugh, I don't even want to think about that. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, just stress the poor guy out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm here for always, every week. So um, just doing my job. Anyways, gents, as always, great to talk to you, all you California boys. Ali, Lucas Leva, I hope you feel better recovering from surgery. Thank you, um, thank you. I, I, you're, I know you're going crazy because you can't even play soccer, which is what you did pretty much all day. And now you have to sit at home and find things to do. Did you come up with any new hobbies yet? By the way, are you fi- are you you, you got to yeah, figure I something did. out? What I, I literally look at 
Clavon and Milner and Robertson stats all day <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, Ali's, Ali's Twitter is stepping up big time with stats because he's just going crazy at his house not being able to move. So he's just looking everything up. It's great. I'm all for um, it. I thought, I'm going to actually injure thought, you next time when you get healthy just so you provide good information for me. Oh, that's great. You're going to Nancy Kerrigan him. That's exactly. Yeah, sad. it's not – I mean I don't know. I wouldn't go right to the leg with a, with a crowbar, but I might do like a um, – like maybe step on your toe or accidentally drop like something on your toe or something. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> is that too dark or is that just me? Uh, no, well, it is. It certainly to, is for I, you, Joey. Listen, I'm trying to it's provide like everybody a... with good stats out there that follows us. So, I mean, I'm just doing this for the people here. <laughs> I haven't left the couch for 168 hours. I've been counting. So, I really do. I'm losing, losing my absolute mind, but I'm happy to provide the stats for you guys. Start got, your uh, Start what? Training the cats? Training Jurgen, yeah. Dude, he is being mean to me. But anyways, find me at LEG.FP for the stats. Also, please subscribe to the new channel. I feel like I'm on a YouTube channel. Please subscribe and click the link below. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Jimbo, where can we find you on Twitter? JTorrejon underscore FP. That's T-O-R-R-E-J-O-N. Sorry, what was that again? Torrejon. Torrejon. There you go. There we go. Got to roll that R. Jeffrey. Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. There it is. So boring. And oh, Well, uh, it, it just is. Shout out to Painter. We got through the whole podcast without saying Lovren, so that was a success, I think. Um, but <laughs> looking forward to hearing him back on the podcast. Uh, gents, you can find me at Jay Vishney on Twitter. You can find us at TalkOnFP. And let's, goodness gracious, this is such a big game. I hope we are next week talking about something that's, that's something to look forward to for sure. So as always, gents, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on, talk on, talk on. Talk on. The sheer euphoria pouring out from everyone, managers, players, supporters. How about that? How about that?